young player, the, the physicality, uh, the calmness, the way that the fastball plays. Um, and this guy hasn't pitched a whole lot. And for him to do what he's done, and last year he had a really, he had a great year, and it's going to be fun to watch him continue to grow. That glowing testimonial was by Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. He was giving his insight on the young pitching prospect, Josiah Gray, or JoJo to his friends. Gray was the Dodgers minor league player of the year last year, as he threw 130 innings and only allowed 98 hits while striking out 147 batters. His ERA was 2.28. And perhaps most impressively, and Roberts stated it himself, he's only just begun pitching. Up until 2018, he had never thrown even 15 total innings in a college baseball season. That can't be right. 15? Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now. The most innings he had thrown in a year was 14 and one-third back in 2017 when he became the reliever for the LeMoyne Dolphins. I guess there's kind of an asterisk to that. He did throw 27 and one-third total innings for the year uh, when he split it between his college season and his summer season playing in the Cape Cod League. Nonetheless, we're talking about someone who is still a fledgling pitcher, yet he's already one of the most talked about prospects and prized pitchers in the famed Los Angeles Dodgers system. And I don't know if you caught it before, I mentioned he went to college at Lemoyne. The small central New York school is usually, it's usually not on the map when you're plotting out the course from playing in college to reaching the major leagues. Although Tom Browning, who was, who was an excellent pitcher for the Reds and threw a no-hitter, he, he, was, a, he was a former Dolphin. It wasn't a no-hitter. He actually threw a, he threw a perfect game. Nonetheless, you, you don't see a lot of scouts and radar guns if you take in a game at, at LeMoyne Stadium. Now, when I would reached out to Josiah and asked him if he'd be interested in being on the podcast, to be completely honest, I had no idea he was doing as well as he was. I knew that he had a great college career, and I knew that he was drafted early, but I was completely dumbfounded when I saw the accolades and the numbers that he'd been putting up. I just thought it would be a fun little, you know, person to talk to, you know, and just kind of check in and see how it was going. I figured he'd be grinding it out in Ogden and trying to just, you know, get some innings here and there. I had no idea that he was like up on this top shelf of, of potential next stars. And after speaking with him, I am so glad he is. He has just, he has a great head on his shoulders, a tremendous work ethic. And once the season starts going again, he is someone who I'm going to actively seek out in the box scores and keep my fingers crossed he had a big game. I seriously could go on and on talking about him. And I think the Dodgers could too. And it's it's very apparent why they, he was a part of a deal which which with Cincinnati and the Dodgers trade away Yasil Puig, Matt Kemp, and Alex Wood to, to get Josiah and along with a couple other guys. I mean, it was a big trade. So go ahead and listen for yourself. This is my interview with Dodgers prospect Josiah Gray on the One Two Three Inning College Baseball Podcast. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate this. Yeah, absolutely. I've been following you for a couple of years, and uh, I'm I'm glad. I'm honored, honestly. Wow. Well, I'm honored to have you. And here's the deal. I honestly, I probably shouldn't be talking to you because my goal with like, you know, the articles that I write and stuff that I put on a podcast, I like to feature smaller kind of untold stories. 
And to be honest, I had no idea that you were doing as good as you were. Yeah. Once once the last out is made in the College World Series, I go in a complete baseball blackout. So unless it involves the Twins or the Royals, which are the teams I follow the cl- most closely, I, I really don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on of outside that bubble when it comes to baseball. No, I don't. So I'd... <laughs> so yeah so i reached out and then i'm like well i better you know i'm gonna you know google this google them and see what i can find out so i can ask some good questions and then i see that you're you know the minor league pitcher of the year for the dodgers and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that all yeah it was kind of a crazy year first year in the org but now everything's gone great since uh getting drafted in 2018 and honestly going on the right path as of now so just trying to um you know, make it there as soon as possible. Well, so anyways, but, you know, like I said, I didn't even know you were doing as great as you were. I had hoped you were, but, you know, I didn't even, plus doing it so soon. So I was more interested in kind of talking to you about, you know, your ascension before your ascension, as it is. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess to start off with, you're from, you're from New Rochelle, New York, right? Yep, New Rochelle, New York. And that, that's kind of one of the COVID-19 hotspots, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, early March. They got a, uh, there was a big um, group of people that got it. But uh, for the time being, I think everything's calmed down a bit. Obviously, it's scary in the point in time when it all went down, but I think it's calmed down a bit. Yeah, so all your friends, all your family's okay? Everything's good as far as that goes? Yeah, as far as everything goes, everyone's still healthy. No one's um, good. been infected. Yeah, everyone's doing great. As a high schooler up in, in New York... I guess we'll start off. What 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 brought you to to attend school at Lemoyne? I mean, obviously it's another New York school, but I mean, so I guess to start off with how did how did you how did you become a Dolphin? Yeah, great question. Honestly, uh, it was my only college offer to play baseball. Um, you know, I was a decent high school ball player. I, I pitched. I played shortstop. I was okay, but didn't really get the uh, attention from other schools and. You know, it was it was definitely tough, but basically I had a friend who knew um, a coach at Lemoyne, and basically said, hey, come look at this kid. He's got no offers. Uh, we think he could be a good fit for your program. Coach Cassidy, who's still the coach at Lemoyne, came to see me play, basically offered me a couple of weeks after he saw me play, and <clears throat> going up there for a visit and everything, seeing how the campus was and, you know, the culture within the baseball team and the success they've had in the in the past, it made me commit on the spot, honestly. That was kind of a weight lift off my shoulder going from no offers to not even knowing where I would play college baseball to, you know, going to a pretty reputable reputable Northeast Division II school uh, that was looking to get back to their winning ways. So that basically lured me in, and, you know, that's been – one of the better decisions I've made in my life. And then when you say no offers, you say no scholarship offers or like no one's really interested at all? Yeah, it was no one was really interested at all. I, You know, I had contacted a couple different schools sending out recruiting videos and all, all that kind of stuff, but no one really pursued any further beyond, hey, come to our camp or hey, we'll try yeah. to see you play. Um, more or less kind of pushed me to the side and then Lemoyne just came to the forefront and kind of ran with it. And, you know, things lined up and, you know, I was a Dolphin. And then you were recruited more, was it more of a shortstop or did Coach Cassidy kind of see you as a utility player? P- pitching wasn't your, your major thing to start off with, right? Yeah, so basically I was 
in, at Nershell, I was pitching. I was our ace pitcher, and I was also our shortstop. So Coach Cassidy knew I did both. Uh, but my freshman year coming in, we would have a senior, two seniors up the middle, so there would be sparingly playing time there and on the mound wouldn't be a starter, kind of be a relief role. So my freshman year, you know, he told me you'll be backing up. At, I backed up at shortstop. I backed up at third. And, you know, I pitched a couple of innings. I think I pitched nine or ten innings my freshman year. Um, kind of just getting my feet wet and getting used to college baseball and kind of just ran with it from there. And then, you know, you really kind of just blossomed pretty quick. How What was it that all of a sudden you became this, you know, a pitching, I don't want to say phenom, I'm not going to, you know, inflate you too much, but, I mean, you know, all did you – did you just start just – was it some of the coaching? Did you get bigger physically? Um, do you know, did you develop a new pitch, something – did you start taking steroids? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, what, what kind of flipped it for you? All It was all natural, honestly, getting up. <laughs> I believe – no, I know. Getting uh, in a weight room with a good strength and conditioning program, uh, working with Coach Cassidy, learning from other guys trying to throw harder, um, simple things like that. And kind of it all it all blossomed that freshman year summer where, you know, I was throwing 94 miles per hour in the Hamptons League. And then from there, things really, really took off. Um, so, yeah, I would say it all, all my freshman year at LeMoyne, things just started to um, turn the corner and become, a, become sort of a mold for me as a player. Now, you mentioned the Hamptons League. That was your, after what, your sophomore year? No, that was after your freshman season, because as a sophomore, you were invited to pitch in the Cape. Yes, yes. And that's that's kind of the best of the best, for the most part, when it comes to college summer baseball. When you had that opportunity to go there, were you kind of, were you worried you are going to kind of get lit up there? Because, you know, there's a big difference between throwing against, you know, St. Rose and Stonehill than, you know, guys from LSU and Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely had some drawbacks to going there, but you know, once I once I got out there, I knew I could pitch with all of those guys. It was just a matter of you know locating your pitches better than I have, because at the Division two level, you can get away with a little bit more stuff. Um, so getting up there and facing guys from top twenty five programs and guys I watch on TV, you know, when my team personally isn't in the playoffs or the World Series or anything like that, definitely was a daunting task but as I got out there and got comfortable and started to get out and you know make guys um, understand that this division two kid from Lemoyne can actually get out out here made mm-hmm. me just think about myself that much more and know I can do it at that level and then continue sure at bigger levels were there other division two players on your team or that you that you met out there yeah there was a couple oh man let me think who I, I can't <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. That's okay. It's been a couple of years, so. Yeah, but there was there was a couple of other Division Two guys, and so I wasn't alone in in the D two land. But uh, it was it was definitely a fun experience being around some of those guys I watched on TV, and you know, power program guys that go about their uh, work a certain way, and kind of you just learn from that. Now let's see. Now both. Lemoyne's in the Northeast 10, right? Yes. So your conference used wood bats, and they swing lumber in the Cape. I mean, does that make a huge difference for you as a pitcher? 
Um, do you think that kind of helped you develop at all, or is it pretty much kind of the same thing? I would say it's the same thing going uh, up against those guys with wood bats, just because for me, you know, I played college baseball with wood bats, so I can I can tell the difference between metal and wood, but there wasn't that much of a difference to where I was like, all right, this guy's got a wood bat in his hand. He's, he's not going to be able to bury me. I, I was uh, conscious of guys, if they're good, they'll get a barrel to the ball, you know, but I can also beat them with the wood bat a little bit. Um, if I'm a little bit more aggressive or hit my spot a little bit better. So it's just that kind of small stuff, but in overall, it was the same. Now, was it in the Cape then where you really kind of started getting kind of buzz about being a prospect? Is that where kind of people, you know, saw you on the big stage for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's where things took off. Um, cause after the Hansel's league, you know, I started to gain a little bit of interest and, Nothing too major, but after the Cape, I think doing it at that larger scale really threw me on some boards for some teams to where they're like, okay, this kid, he's gone from kind of a guy that's come out of nowhere. Now he's a guy that's come out of nowhere and done pretty well in the best college summer league um, out there. So that definitely, like, validated me to where teams are okay, are like, okay, now let's go get a further look at this guy. Oh sure, um, you can you can put up astronomical numbers against D two competition, and there's going to be some people who will just kind of like, you know, there's they're not going to give it, they're not going to give it the credit it deserves. And now you've been able to show it doesn't matter if it's Saint Anselm or Saint John's, you're going to get batters out. Yeah, of course. Draft day comes 2018. Um, are you sitting by your phone? Did you have any idea that, that, uh, you know, you're going to be selected that early? What, what was, how was draft day for you? Draft day was actually pretty relaxing. Um, yeah, I was by my phone just waiting for things to happen. My advisor at the time was, you know, keeping me updated with what teams were, were thinking about me and things we should be aware of and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was watching, uh, like I do every year. I watch the draft every year. And this draft was just really special because, you know, I could see my name getting called on the first day. And going into it, I didn't really know who was going to pick me or where I was going to be picked. I just was excited to be in consideration and kind of just went from there and wanted to just enjoy the moment and see what happened from there. And luckily the Cincinnati Reds took me on the first day, so I got to enjoy that moment with uh, the people I was with. And, you know, at, at the end of that night, I was a uh, Cincinnati Red. Did you have an indicator that you were going to go as early as you did? Because that's significant for anybody, let alone a Division two player who throws out at some small school in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's no uh, there's no looking around that. It's definitely significant. Uh, no, I didn't really think I was going to go that early. I was hearing uh, second to third more or less third with some teams, but, you know, to get picked on uh, day one in that second round um, definitely was a shock, but also I wasn't, like, surprised. I definitely knew I did what I had to do for these teams to want to pick me as early as they could, and, you know, the Reds scooped me up when they did, and, you know, I'm, I'm ever so grateful for it. Now, your tenure with the Reds was short, you didn't, um, you know, when you get drafted, you didn't get out and get like a Reds tattoo or 
You know, you don't have a closet full of Barry Larkin jerseys in your house or anything like that, do you? <laughs> no, I never, I never got the chance. <laughs> okay. So what was it like being traded? I mean, that was that a surprise? Did you know that was coming? No, honestly, I didn't know. That was actually my 21st birthday. But um, I was with my girlfriend, and, you know, we got this call and basically telling me I was traded. So I didn't really have an idea at all. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Yeah, it was definitely a whirlwind of a day um, because of the particulars of the trade and who was going to each side. So it, it made things even more confusing for me at the end of the night because I didn't really know what the next step was after getting traded. But um, definitely a crazy day, a, a day I'll never remember. Um, I'll always remember, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when was the trade? Was that during the off season or during the season? Yeah, so that was during the off season, December twenty. Okay, it was still a whirlwind, but not like like hey, you're you know get on a bus to Idaho or whatever. So okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was hanging out at home, uh, getting ready to go to New York City for the night, and uh, it was kind of like a wow that it threw a wrench in our plans for a couple hours because we were we were already on a tight schedule, and then that kind of made me get lost in my phone because a lot of people were texting me. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it made things a lot more difficult that night. Well, speaking of difficult, we don't have baseball right now. Where are you holed up right now until, until things get moving again? Are you in Los Angeles? Are you in Arizona? Or... Yeah, I'm still in Glendale. Still in Glendale, waiting for the next move. Yeah, you know, man, I was in... Uh... Well, I mean, it's all the same. I was in the Phoenix area last year, and I just loved it. Because of all the sports. I mean, you said Glendale. So I went to a Cardinals game. I went to a, a Suns game. Um, the Phoenix Rising. And the Coyotes all in one week. You know, but now you don't have any of that. <laughs> what, what, what on earth are you doing, you know, to keep yourself busy? Because you should be playing baseball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but working out and, and throwing every day and kind of just keep my arm loose, doing what I would be doing if there was still spring training going on. And when I'm not doing baseball stuff, I'm uh, hanging in the hotel, just you know, watching some Netflix or playing some video games just to pass some time and just repeat for the next day and waiting until we start hearing uh, news to when we can get back to do our thing out there. So are you in a hotel with a lot of the other younger guys then? Yeah, there's, there's a few guys still here. Um, and sort of uh, just waiting things out. So you said mentioned playing video games. Are you are you big into playing MLB The Show? Yeah, I am. I am. That's probably my favorite game. Yeah, I got addicted to it too. Now, are you are you officially in the game right now, or did you have to make yourself? I think I'm in the game, but you have you're telling me you haven't looked. Change the franchise. Okay. I'm in Diamond Dynasty. No, I think only major leaguers are in that. Yeah. So well, I'll have to check. I meant to check myself. My son was playing Call of Duty, so I couldn't get on there. But that's that's crazy to me that you haven't checked. That's that's the first thing I would have done is I would have turned that sucker on and went straight to the rosters to see if I was in there. <laughs> I'll have to look. Following you at Lemoyne and now seeing that you how well you've done. Oh, here's another thing. I, I didn't even know Cody Bellinger was MVP last year. That's how out of it I am when it comes to. <laughs> to major league baseball but um but i do know as i as i kind of said i do know local baseball and i know that um kansas city's minor league team their triple a team is omaha 
And I believe Los Angeles is, is Oklahoma City. Is that right? Yes, it is. Well, I hope that sometime soon the Dodgers bring you up to AAA and you get to play here in Omaha. And I'll get a chance to watch you pitch in person. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I gotta t- so I got to tell you, honestly, um, and I'm not just saying this because, I, I mean, I, I very well could have my fingers crossed. But truly, um, I'm real excited about how well you're doing. And I look forward to continuing our conversation sometime soon here in Omaha. Sound good? Sounds great. Absolutely. I appreciate it. See, I told you. He's awesome. I love him. I'd like to give a big thanks to, to Josiah for, for talking to me. A big thanks to all the college coaches for overlooking him to make this an interesting story. And thank you for listening. And no thanks to my neighbor who apparently is, won't stop mowing his lawn and made it very difficult for me to, to record this. Making my studio with my back to the window was a, was a poor idea. Anyways, thanks for listening. Bye. There's a high drive to center. Goodbye.